Welcome, 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 welcome to Beyond, this beautiful podcast for lion-hearted men. As we start today, let's take a deep breath. Let's just get present and settle in and be here with this welcoming. Like I like to say that this welcoming is a deep, comprehensive welcome, that all of you is welcome here. The parts that are feeling strong, the parts that are feeling shaky, the parts that have had a busy day, the parts that have lots to do, the parts that are feeling grounded and beautiful, all of this is welcome here. And the welcome is here because it's, I, I like the idea that it's easy to get lost in this world. It's easy to get confused, to be uncertain, to lack confidence, to lose hope, to be scared. And the welcome is intended to let you know that you are welcome right here that we are all welcome right here. This is a place where we are connected, not separate. We are connected to each other and the beautiful more than human world and, of course, to ourselves. So thank you for listening. It's good to be with you here today and welcome. So in this episode, Jesse and I talk lots about privilege, about our privilege. We've done this quietly between he and I for a long time, many years. And we've talked about it in many ways, trying to figure out how to be with ourselves and how to be with and and how to be ourselves. We are tenderhearted, caring, powerful human beings. We are tenderhearted, caring, powerful human beings who want connection and we want to live with integrity and aliveness for ourselves and our people and the world. We also are aware that we are both resourced, cisgender, cisgender men, expensively educated at, you know, quote unquote, good schools, and we have white skin. Both Jesse and I believe that we have, we each have chosen to be here at this particular time in history in these unique bodies with these exact experiences in these exact circumstances. And we are both committed to living our soul's purpose, as we like to say, our destiny, We are committed to living our unique life that only we can live. Like I can only live Morgan's life and he can only live Jesse's life and you can only live your life. If you don't live it, no one else will. And we can't live somebody else's life. We try to do that all the time, but it doesn't work. So we are here to live our lives with as much aliveness and consciousness as we can bring. And so you are today invited into our exploration of the important territory, of this important territory, this territory of how to live with our privilege and resources and how to live beyond our privilege and resources and what all that even means. We decided, Jesse and I, that it is time to bring our voices forth and to see what happens. We don't want to be quiet anymore. We feel fierce about this. I feel fierce about that. It is time to step in and step out. The beyond is not about having answers to be or being right. So clear that the beyond is not about having answers or being right in any way whatsoever. The beyond is about crawling around in the muck, feeling deeply, being curious, and being willing to be vulnerable as we find our way towards some light. I was super powerfully impacted this week by a story from a South African man, Bayo Akomo Lafe, who shared the wisdom that now is not a time of creation. Now is not a time for us to be creating and even imagining new things. I'm indeed curious about that. But, but he was just saying, like, it's, that's not what we can or are able to do right now. Right now, the work is to sit in the unraveling, to be in the discomfort of apocalypse, to enjoy the mystery. Because there is not a way for us to know what to create, to know what structures we need, to know what paths to follow. We first have to be in the, the destructive, the destruction, the falling apart part of the apocalypse. We have to be in that part. And if we need to just be able to sit and be and and be in that uncomfortable place that we've talked so much about here. So Jesse and I are attempting to do, be in this beautiful, powerful, uncomfortable unraveling in our discomfort around this, exploring and asking questions and trying to see what we don't see, to know what we don't know, to be open to what's not conscious. We are curious about the terrain that exists beyond privilege, 
and inside of privilege. We question about whether to use it or not use it, how to use it. Today, we ask these questions and we ask, how do we get beyond or to find a different relationship with or become aware of the patriarchal energies that surround us like the air that we breathe, that we are like unconscious of all this stuff, of the patriarchy, of the privilege. I just tell you, Jesse brings such deep intelligence and care to these conversations. I am so deeply touched by his friendship, by his thoughtfulness. I am inspired by his intelligence. He just wrote a beautiful novel and book about all of this, which is coming out soon. I think he's going to self-publish it. But if you haven't yet followed his Substack, I recommend it. jessekjohnson.substack.com. Jesse, J-E-S-S-E-K as in K, Johnson, J-O-H-N-S-O-N.substack.com. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Beyond Conversations with My Friends, where we continue to work our way towards our own self-discovery, our own awareness, with the intention to create ripples out into the world. We are so very interested in your reflections. How does this land for you? What is your relationship with, with privilege? What questions do you have? What reflections and, and things do you want to say to us? What else would be meaningful for us to consider? We have a new email address, beyond at morganrich.com, beyond at morganrich.com. All right, y'all, it's time to enjoy. We're going to dive in. Welcome to the Beyond. Thank you for listening. Here we go. Well, first, I just want to say welcome and good to be here. Yeah. And so, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about recording and talking and getting into stuff and I'm just excited to be with you. Yeah. Thank you. It's good to be with you as well. And thank you for creating the space. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm just feeling, I'm feeling, I'm feeling, um, yeah. Uh, I was exposed to COVID this weekend. So someone I was with, um, we actually did, we did mushrooms on Saturday, which was very interesting and exciting. And I could share lots about it, but it was very meaningful and significant, <clears throat> but he was, he then tested positive Monday morning. Mm. And so, so now it's just that interesting dance of what to do with that. Mm. And I'm just excited. I mean, I'm, there's a part of me that's just like, awesome. So this is like the old upgrade to the ner- immune system component and like, okay, so the world is going wild and and this is part of my system updating and upgrading and getting ready for whatever it is that's happening in the world. Different energy behind that perspective on it, huh? I love it. I mean, it just yeah. is like, you know, it's like, I'm, there's no fear. There's no, like, not worried about it. I'm just like, okay, so this body is needing to get upgraded and it's like, great. So whatever, whatever, whatever's needed, I'm on for, I'm up for it because, because mm. like I'm feeling such a fierceness and such an excitement about, about stepping forward and stepping into, um, that fullness that we've been talking about that, like whole beingness, um, and just bringing, you know, bringing, bringing strength and love and, um, again, a ferocity to the world. It's like, I can, I, I, I can, I can really feel it coming forward, coming forth. Nice. Yeah. Sounds like you're receptive and ready. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I'm totally receptive and ready for what's, you know, for what's coming. Like I really feel open to, I'm just, I'm really feeling um, like I'm listening and paying attention and following energy as it arises, you know, following threads and following openings and following um, possible life directions and just being really curious and open. Yeah. What timing. There's so much, so much possibility in your world right now so much possibility in my world right now. Yep. Yeah. Like I can do any, like, yeah, there's a lot of opening. Yeah. And I am aware of the privilege and the power of it. Mm. Yeah. I'm, I'm conscious of the resource that I have both spiritually and, um, financially and, um, 
physically and kind of everything. Yeah. It seems Cause, like. Because it's all related. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder how many more people in the world would be more spiritually resourced if they if they if they had a secure environment and they had you know financial resource to create a little bit more bandwidth you know it's it's like this this thing i know you and i have touched on before that i feel excitement around it though i also feel i also feel that trepidation of like okay this is territory where people could quickly quickly misinterpret you know or 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 misinvent me um but that's what we're here for so i'm excited you know about this concept that so so we've spent a lot of energy as a culture and i know i have personally exploring the the shadowy toxic side of privilege and i'm i'm honored to do that and it's important work and right there's no but and i starting you know especially when i listen to white male, I believe, you know, I know cisgendered hetero males like Zach Bush and Charles Eisenstein and a few others. Maybe, maybe the more life-giving element to privilege is to harness the resource that comes from the interplay of finance and spirit and um, being able to live in a location that, you know, has a low crime rate and, and low risk for, you know, that all these little things where the nervous system has to be turned on and there's no room for big picture spiritual, spiritual trust when, you know, there's the potential to, to be at risk in your own neighborhood right and so maybe the maybe the upside of of the type of privilege you're harnessing is to do some of that space holding and visioning for the collective Mm. you know not in a not you know again here's where we could here's where we could easily be like well it's not saviorism (laughs) it's it's more like is this work that you can hold is this bandwidth you can hold because someone has to hold the light you know at the front of the tunnel At the front of the dark tunnel, someone's got to hold the torch and say, like, we have to keep going because I know, I believe there, I believe there's a way out and, and other people at the end might be shaking and shivering and they might be like, no, this is, this is going to lead us to trouble. We're going to, we're going to fall into a mine shaft or we're going to, and, and you're at the front going, no, I know this leads us somewhere else. I know this leads us somewhere else. And it feels like we're in this in this like tension between like spirit, like spiritual trust is at risk of, of dying. You know, that flame is at the risk of as, as at the risk of dying. And with good reason, Mm -hmm. there's so much, there's so much threat in the world and there's so much reason to fear and so much reason to distrust. Yeah. Right. So I don't want to discount that reality for so many people. Right. And right. So, so yeah, thanks for that. Um, there's a story that's that, that I was just writing about that, that I feel like relates to this. Cause I think there's an element, Jesse, that is, that is, um, really unraveling the narrative of success and of privilege and of, um, like, yes, holding that beautiful light of what is it that we're here to do. And that, you know, there's some level where, where those of us who are resourced in, in whatever ways that we are, um, have the, have the, have the mm, opportunity, responsibility to, to hold, to hold that, to do this work, to, um, and and there's there is an element of doing the hard work the shadow work and there's an element of doing the light work mm. right that 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 has to be both you know it has to be both if we're going to if we're going to transform right doesn't have to be both if we're going to flame out or if we're or if we're going to bypass 
<laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. If the, it feels like, it feels like the interesting, the interesting territory. And, and I'm really, you know, like, like the, the, like, this feels like a very exciting time in the world of evolution and of, you know, apocalypse as we've talked about and, and change and shift. And, and I'm really hesitant to go down the road of like saving the world or, you know, like that kind of thing. Like, I don't even know what that means. And I think it's a, I think it's a weird narrative. It, actually, I think it's more just like, there's this opportunity to, to, to love each other and to connect and to do something really different. And that feels compelling to me. Yeah. Like what if, what if, what we what we construct as apocalyptic is simply um, like a major milepost for transformation. Totally, totally. And maybe there, you know, again, like there's some, you know, maybe there's some corrective corrective measure where half the people in the world die, you know, and like that that is that is, you know, on some level tragic. And if you, and if we take the step out and just say like, well, we're an energetic system where the, you know, death is a part of life and life is a part of death. And those are to some extent, you know, there, there's a much bigger picture. And so that, and so that we're here to evolve and be, and, and be part of this, you know, energetic system that is yeah. then, then that's creating healthfulness in that, in that system. It's, yeah. it's tragic for humans in our current form but it could be something really different. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that is, that is the light holding that is really hard to do for someone who's in the trenches of life and death of, of yeah. paycheck to paycheck of, totally. you know, I'm going to get evicted because I'm black and I'm a month late on rent and they reversed these ridiculous housing, you know, measures that, <laughs> and and all this stuff so mm-hmm. yeah like can we hold the light and yeah it's it's so fascinating in the in the stuff we've talked about with there is a huge part of the population that's not interested in receiving that and i'm not i'm not here to judge that I, i'm here to just observe that that as you as you pointed out people like zach bush and charles eisenstein have been canceled by a lot of the world which um which i guess speaks to speaks to this that it's not for everyone and that maybe there's you know maybe there's really it's really important to hold i think that's the like weight of being the torchbearer is to say like wow i know a friend of mine who's you know love Zach Bush, but is all of a sudden starting to really criticize him and pick him apart. And it's like, wow, you're worried about that when, you know, this is happening in our, Mm -hmm. in our medical media conglomerate, like you're worried about him selling supplements, which he never promotes. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That there's some money-making something in in it for him. So so that that it compromises his integrity. And and there's a question of like, is he actually there to do what's right? Or is he right? But you're, but you're defending Pfizer, you know, who's, who's has the, the, the largest, you know, criminal fine payout in the history of corporate America. So it's like, Oh, that's a little that, hard to believe that they beat Roundup and they beat um, uh, Monsanto for that. But but well, it's not about impact; it's about you know what can be litigated, right? So oh, I see. Right, so Zach yeah. would tell you about about Monsanto and and Roundup, and actually, you know, as you know, Monsanto got bought got bought by Bayer right before they they saw the writing on the wall and they were going to go down, and so um, now it's Bayer who is controlling that. But so it just speaks to how impeccable the light you know, the person who's willing to take the torch and like risk being called a savior and risk being criticized mm-hmm. and, and, you know, all that stuff for good reason, that person has to be impeccable in integrity and in his, his own work or her own work or their own work or, well, I'm saying his, because I think that's like symbolic of the, of the flip side of the patriarchal toxicity mm. is to say like, how do we flip that role and say, what can I do? I've been dealt, a, I've been dealt pocket aces. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't help anyone if I fold them. Right. How do I play them with the highest integrity? Yeah. And I, and yeah, I mean, I get, you know, I, yeah, I, I, I noticed, you know, like, <laughs> um, I also want to offer humility and, 
and, you know, like impeccable integrity. Um, because, because like we're humans too. And, you know, and there's a level of just like, I, you know, like I can't, I'm not, I am not perfect. I, I, I make lots of mistakes and, um, you know, and, 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 um, am not, you know, so, so there's that element of, I think there's a humility and a humanness that maybe is part of the impeccable integrity that you're talking about, you know, that it's, yes. that it's not about being perfect. Yes. It's not about doing everything right. It's about having some level of ground of, of curiosity, of care that is, that is, um, grounded, that is sovereign and not distorted in some you know, in some way. And I love that because to me, that speaks to the, the uh, patriarchal conditioning of performative masculinity Mm -hmm. that I know I I have to work really hard on. Like it's, it's, I, I, you know, that performative in a really general sense, sometimes it means I'm on stage. Sometimes it means I have to, I have to have an answer. Like, I remember my dad one time we were in like, we were in like a, a, a city away from, it might've been your hometown. We might've been in like Chicago or something. And somebody, some random person came up to us on the sidewalk and was like, excuse me, do you know where this, this landmark is? And he had no, he he had no idea, you know, he's not from there. And he spent like two minutes of that person's time basically beating around the bush of saying, I don't know. This was your dad doing that? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I was just like, dad, just say, you don't know, you know, like that's, yeah, that's, that's, you're like, you're using more of it. And I, and I realize now looking back on it, that there's such a deep conditioning to having to have the answer, mm. having to be the expert. Yeah. That somehow he felt bad that he didn't know. Yes. He was, he was in a, he was in a scenario where it was like, there's no way for him to know. And yet he, 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 he felt was, like he was supposed to somehow. Right. And he felt so he felt so un- unconsciously, I'm guessing, connected to that, that he like didn't even see that he was doing this person less of a service by holding their, right. their, their time hostage while he like hemmed and hawed. And, and, and mm. I'm just like in, in supporting what you said about the lack of perfection, I just want to relate that to that need to perform the need to right. be right. The need to have an answer to everything. Mm the, the like need to know how to do everything. Yep. Um, and, and how, not that it's not okay to, to, to be ambitious in that sense of responsibility, but that it's like when it becomes really defeating for the, for the greater collective, you know, to hold that insecurity of like, I'm not enough or I need yeah. to do that. That's when it gets in the way. That's that, what probably some people, you know, call, male fragility or, you know, white male fragility. And I think that's probably pretty, pretty poignant term for it. Yeah. Cause it feels like there's a fragility that I'm, that I'm then putting on the system mm-hmm. to bear rather than just saying, you know what, I don't know. And I'm going to sit with the discomfort if I don't know so that you can get on with your life. <laughs> right. Right. Just being able to name the, 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 just being able to be um, honest. Yeah. Like, and like, how else can I help you? Maybe I can leverage my familiarity with someone to, you know, do this. Or if you're, if you're a non-English speaker and you're in a really racist neighborhood, maybe I can go ask the, the deli owner, right. you know, or whatever, like how, how are, how are the other ways that I can, that Be I can of service, right. That they're, but that even, in, I mean, interestingly, right, right, right. Interestingly in that, what I was thinking was there, there's a place for your dad of being kind and of wanting to help. Right. And, and maybe thinking that he has some capability or resource or something that is of service to this person, like, oh, maybe this person doesn't know how to read a map and I do, right. so I can help them read a map or I have some, which, which, I, which, which can sort of swing both ways in the sense of like, that's, there's a kindness in there, but there's also um, an assumption of um, I know and you don't, or I'm capable and you aren't, or some some something that could be reading a situation, but could also be some some power over kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. If we're if we're not mindful in in just asking, maybe or being curious instead of presumptive, yeah, or see or just being able to see the see the scenario. And I think that's you know, 
that's what's held me back. And I think you and I have touched on this together. Mm. That's what keeps me from using my voice is that feels like that hits on the old limiting story for me about having to be perfect or else Mm. like I'm going to get cut down, you know, how dare you assume that, you know, and I shoot, like I, I screwed up, you know? And, and I think that's part of my fragility is that I don't feel like I can handle the criticism of speaking out and, <laughs> or a younger part of me. I, I'm, I'm interested in, in dancing with that now, but I think until now I felt really, um, really protective of that part yeah. of myself. How about yeah. you? How, how have you related to that? Like have to be, have to get it right or else I'm going to get annihilated. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's been, um, let me sit with it for just one sec here. Um, actually I, it was you. Hold on. I'm sorry. I know I'm, yeah, I'm going to show up in a sec. I just want to, I, I actually want to say it was you who said this maybe a couple years ago. Um, when you, you know, this was a real like gender specific conversation you were relating to about feminism mm. and, and you were saying, you know, there, I'm finding that I need some measure of like space to make mistakes or else I'm going to withdraw from the conversation. And so how, how do, how does that container get built where like your, your attempts are trusted as attempts to build towards transformation and learning and allyship and not like every time you do, you do something wrong or somebody gets tweaked that you're going to get cut down and then you're going to withdraw from the conversation. And what good is that for anyone? So I just want, I just want to acknowledge that actually you put that, Mm. you put that out there a couple of years ago. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you for the the remembering of that. Yeah. Cause there's a place for me, I know of, of, um, Like when I, you know, when, when you relate that back to me, I notice myself now in a place of feeling stronger with myself and, and with myself in a different way where, where some of that is, um, you know, like there's some work in there for me of being able, of being able to hold myself, of hold myself and trust, Mm. you know, that, 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 um, that I've, that I've got it. And I know for a long time, I haven't felt that. Right. If I, if I, if I share my thoughts, my feelings, my, what I really believe to be true about the world, that that is not a safe thing to do, right. That that is a place where I get criticized. That is a place where, where, um, um, I'm, I'm afraid, you know, like, like, um, that, that if there is any critique or criticism that comes back that I am, unable to, that it, that it, that it hits a part of me that is, that is like, I'm not an okay person rather than like, Oh, I don't like that idea. We talked about this in in a previous episode, right? That, that, that like the personhood piece, you know, that if I, that if, that if you don't like something that I'm talking about, that that's an idea that I have or some thoughts that I have, it's not about not being able to be with me or like me. And it feels like some of the work that we've been doing both as, you know, as friends and, 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 you know, in our connection is to say, no, I actually really love you and I'm willing to be in disagreement. Yeah. And that's a different expression than that other, that other one. Mm. I mean, I notice my, my gut relaxes sort of unclenches when I hear that. Mm. Yeah. Which part say more about that? I love you and I'm willing to be in disagreement. Yeah. I, I immediately imagine a few people I'd love to hear that from or, and, and I'd love to say that too. <laughs> hmm. Mm-hmm. It's taken me a lot. It's taken, it's, it's, it's been really interestingly challenging for me to get to that place for in myself. You mean to be able to extend that to someone else? Yeah, to be able to to be able to feel for myself and hold um, that I that 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 you that, that someone can disagree with me, and I'm going to be okay. 
Yes, right. That someone can criticize me, that someone has a different opinion than me, then someone can, then, you know, that I don't have to have it all figured out. Right. That I don't have to know everything, that I don't have to be right, that I don't have to, you know, that that I can just be... that if someone bring, you know, if, if a partner or a friend or whoever, you know, doesn't agree that, that, that we can talk about it and that I can be in a conversation where I don't fall in on myself. Right. And then start to go down this, this avenue of shame and, you know, feeling bad and, self-criticism and self-doubt and like all that kind of, that kind of noise. And you're doing it and you're, and you're coming out into the world. Your voice is reaching people now. Yeah. And it's remarkable how, yeah, I mean, it's shifted it's for sure shifted. And like it is, you know, like, like, you know, the podcast is going and people are listening and that's super exciting. And more exciting to me is just a place in myself of feeling at home with myself, mm. you know, like just really that solidity. Oh, it's such a, um, it's such a, it's such a relief and it's such a, it's such, it, it, it's so I'm grateful for it. And what it, a lot, what it's allowed me to do is um, feel like um, being a white man, cisgender, you know, privileged, resourced in the world. Like that's me. That's yeah. that's Morgan, and yes. that's the that's the that's the, like that is the unique journey that that this body, that this soul, that this spirit has been given. And I, and I can't do anything else. Like you said, pocket aces or whatever it might be, you know, um, that this is the life I'm here to live. Right. And I don't, I'm not, I don't, I'm not going to apologize for it and I'm going to try to live it as fully as I can. And I will say that having found this ground in myself, I'm now able to step back out of the system and say, the system isn't working. you know, the, the, our justice system, our economic system, our education system are, there's some really foundational pieces that, that really are not working and they're, and they're making it hard. Um, they're, they're, um, not supportive of the, of connection and of love and of, of, um, mm transformation of, you know, of, of whatever, you know, of, of curiosity, of care, of healthfulness, you know, of all the things that I would say, you know, of happiness, um, that, that they, they, they have to crumble because people aren't being taken care of and we got to do it differently and not from a place of, to me, it, to me, it feels like, um, it's not, you know, that, that I can see that I can see how in the United States, our institutions are, um, really caught in a, uh, um, distorted and, and not mature and, um, patriarchal trap and crappiness and that there's what i'm hearing rooted in this is that there's a there's a connection between your healing around it's okay to be an agent of privilege and then this stepping back and seeing that there's a connection there that feels integral and and really critical to your role with your privilege. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, I think that's, you know, distilling my whole, you know, soliloquy earlier about the torch in the tunnel is that we've spent so much energy around the toxicity of privilege. And maybe there's an emergence now of energy that's ready to look at what is the highest service of privilege, given the context of all the systemic 
challenge that we're facing. And that's, mm-hmm. that's exciting to me. And I, and I also want to make sure I'm honoring that, that shadow. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of the integrity process, maybe that you're speaking to is we have to honor the sh- shadow in this three-dimensional um, social liberation, oppression context. And can we start, can we start to make room for the potential that this type of privilege has as a transformational force? Yeah. yeah. And, and by that, I just mean like contributing to the greater transformation. I don't mean, you know, I don't mean saviorism. I mean, how does this play a role? It's there either way. I can't be, I can't change the, the social rank that I hold. It, I don't think it serves society for me to live with a bunch of shame around it and beat myself up the rest of my life for it. So at, at some point, how do I take that and benefit the collective well-being? And I yeah. think that's exactly what you're doing and what you're speaking to. Yeah. And so, you know, if anybody's listening to this and they relate to the shame and the guilt of, of, you know, I would call it agency in a certain model, but maybe you want to just think of it as privilege. If you relate to that privilege shame, but you know, there's something underneath that or on the flip side of that coin that's calling to you, I mean, what's your message to them about connecting with that, that part of themselves? Well, let's go. What what would you what would you, what would you say for yourself is that is that journey? Well, I think it's ongoing, and I think I'm I'm at a really exciting part of it. So I'll just speak to you know yeah. I mean, I think I'm like I think there's a lot more to come. Um, I think it's uh, excuse me. I think part of the integrity is to really become an honest relationship with the shame and the guilt for me, shame and guilt. And to ask myself, what is that shame and guilt trying to inform about, about a deeper truth? And as we've, as we've already discussed, I think it's very clear to me that the shame and the guilt are trying to help me get right with myself around um, like the impact of my, of my resource. And when I feel it, when I feel it, it's when I'm slightly out of line or off course with the impact. And, mm. and understanding that what that means is not that there is, there's no, I mean, this, this could be a whole other wormhole, so I'll, I'll contain it. My, I mean, for people who don't, you know, aren't familiar with my perspective, I'm coming at this with a very, universal presumption that a holographic sort of reality that nobody is separate from having impact on suffering. It's all interconnected. There are a million ways in which I am um, participating in uh, damage to the ecosystem and to, you know, on all these ways. And that is not a choice necessarily, or that is the degree to which I relate to it and create choices around that, those are choices. And so I don't spend energy trying to become separate from suffering. I think that's, that's actually like a big thing that I write about Yeah, is, is that, you know, that's, that's a lot of wasted energy. And I, and I think culture is, is Western culture is very much stuck in that place of let's think that's where the so-called liberal view is, um, for many folks, they're very stuck in feeling like they're, if they're part of it, they're bad. And if they can somehow disassociate from it, they're good. And I don't think that whole, I think that whole story is, is a myth. And so I'm coming at it by saying I do damage every day, every second of every day. That doesn't mean I'm, that doesn't mean I'm vindictive or, you know, willfully doing damage, but it means that I honor that I'm never going to be separate from that. So let's not, let's not, waste energy trying to be separate. Let's spend energy trying to connect with how I can transform the reality of my shame and guilt into something that gives 
something positive to something somebody else or supports a life service of some kind to the ecosystem, to a neighbor, to an animal, to to you, to friend, to um to a large group of people, right? And that can yeah. So I think like my mm. journey, my journey has been to stay connected, stay connected to the experience of my power mm-hmm. and, and my agency and without getting overly um, attached to any of the, any of the stories that feel really limiting, you know, which the old stories for me, as we've said, mm-hmm. largely about like, you know, um, deserve it, you know, lack of self-worth. And for a while, I just tried to basically suppress myself yeah, so that, so that I could just hide from how much privilege mm-hmm. and power I actually had. Mm-hmm. Um, and that mm-hmm. doesn't work, you know, and mm-hmm. that, that doesn't help anyone. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. just an honest relationship, we can't bypass the shame and the guilt or whatever it is, the fear, the lack of self-worth, um, the fear of doing damage. Some people are afraid of their power, right? That Marianne Williamson quote right like we don't we don't fear powerlessness we fear how much we can actually do yeah yeah right there's part of that you know yeah who are you to who are you to not be you know glorious and um yeah it's not coming to me right at the moment but it's been in my yeah. head it's been in my it's been in my head a lot lately um and appreciating marianne for <clears throat> work in those in those ways right the deep the deep our deepest fear is not that we're inadequate it's that we're powerful beyond measure beyond measure yeah yeah. And who what is that? I, who, who are you? Who are yeah. you? To sh- yeah. There's like, yeah. Who are you to shrink or who are you to, you know, yeah. not live in the glory of God. And, and, and that's, my, and for me, and I, and I think for you too, I feel really excited to expand the story of power. Totally. You know, it's, it's got such a, a diseased sort of mm-hmm. um, association to it. And, and we get to expand what, what power actually is, which to me is, is a real neutral. It's like, to impact your environment. <laughs> right. Well, right, right, right. I mean, I was hearing, I was hearing a story of, um, I, I, I have this, I have this, 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 um, this interesting story that I feel like I want to, I want to share. Yeah. Um, um, but there's like the, the, the nugget of it is, is that it's like about being, um, um, like power, true power is, is when we are aligned with ourselves and grounded in a way that we can be present with and for ourselves and with other people. So the example being, I was listening to um, a Kelly Corrigan wonders podcast, and she was sharing about death and sharing about um, she was asking um, someone like, well, you know, when we're, when, when a loved one is in hospice and you're with your family and the, and the person is dying, like, do you have a list of questions that, that, you know, you should ask, you know, in those, in those scenarios, because it's a really touching, beautiful, I don't know. I don't know if you've ever been in that situation. Maybe you'll be there with your, with your darling cat soon, but you know, when death happens, it actually creates this beautiful portal of connection where the world sort of shuts itself out and, and you're just able to be with one another and whoever's dying in a way that can be incredibly touching. And in that place, for me, it's like, there's, there, um, there's not a list of questions that you ought to ask. (laughs) What there is, is like when we are connected to our hearts and our care and we're able to listen and be present, the questions emerge because it's about listening. It's, you know, it's about that interaction your dad had with the person in the street is there is a awareness of what the right move is because there's a, because there's a, because there's a grounded, um, reading of the situation where our hearts can be there and we can be vulnerable and we can be, and we can be present. And to me, that's power. You know, it's the power of the presence. It's not doing it by the book or it's not doing what's right, or it's not trying to get it right, or it's not trying to, you know, have the right script or do the right thing or make the right move. It's just about being with, with, in the moment. And that to me is, is, um, it seems simple to me, but it's, it's super foundational. 
So the story that that has been that has sort of been resonating or sitting with me and and this morning and and um again in this in, in another Kelly Corgan wonders, um, she interviewed Rich Roll. And you know, I, I can tell the story um sort of simply with Rich, but I could do it with myself so easily also. But he he was a he was a young guy who um as the story goes was you know really lonely um had you know as a kid and um grew up you know in in the in the in washington and and in the in the kind of the the what do you call that the belt the you know uh the beltway the beltway you know and and you know tall white guy um and you know parents who were successful in whatever way and <clears throat> and he was really lost lonely um didn't know how to talk to girls didn't know how to be with himself didn't 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 know all that and i of course can relate to a lot of that of i mean i think we all can probably think of like okay when i was a teenager when i was a young kid no one really saw me no one really understood me i didn't i felt like an outcast i felt you know sort of uncertain or i felt like you know and some people have different stories but but i think that's a, a fairly you know common insecurity or or wondering about who am i and how do i be in the world and as his story goes he ends up um um, cause he was a swimmer. Um, he got into Stanford and he became a swimmer at Stanford and, and then, you know, started, um, drinking and, um, sort of went off on this, this crazy story of, of, of how much, um, you know, of just becoming an alcoholic, like a really, really raging alcoholic in the meantime, like swimming at Stanford, doing well at Stanford, then getting out of getting out of there, being, you know, um, working at a law firm, then going to an Ivy League Cornell law school, you know, and he, and he was like, he was like doing what he was supposed to be doing. He was, I mean, he even says like in the interview that he's, that he's living the life that he's supposed to live, you know? And so by all accounts, externally, he's successful in the white male, in the, in, in the paradigm that we have created here, that would be a success story. Um, but it wasn't because he was, you know, really not doing well. And the, the nugget for me of the story that I think is really significant is that here as a, uh, you know, here as a young guy, he was, he was hurting and no one saw him. Mm. His parents didn't see him. His friends didn't see him. His teachers didn't see him. You know, and I think back to my days of like all the, all the, all the craziness I had when I was, you know, when I went to boarding school when you know, just all the different things that happened of like how lonely and lost I felt, but the external ex- experience other people were having was everything was okay. You know, oh, he's doing great. He's at boarding school. He's playing hockey. He's baseball. He's a captain of the baseball team. He's, but my internal experience was so dramatically different than that. Mm. Right. And, and what what occurs to me what i mean like like what i what i what i noticed in in both my story and in and in his story is that um you know we turned out okay after you know 30 or 20 or however many years of you know figure trying to find our way back to ourselves and this is a very sort of common narrative that we have in our world today you know, like this is the way that, you know, oh, well, you know, at some point you have an epiphany or you have your midlife crisis or you have whatever, whatever that kind of, whatever that is. But like, um, to me, the direction that we want to go and, 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 you know, how do we, um, we are failing at not being able to connect to each other. At, at knowing that there are kids right now are my own kids, right. Who are, who are hurting and who are, who are not feeling seen and who are, who are not feeling um, um, that they are dealing with stuff that, that, that we don't even know about. Yeah. Now I am grateful that I spend a lot of time with young people for exactly this reason, holding space for them to really be able to be themselves, to really be in the vulnerability, to start to uncover and, and feel and start to, and start to like be able be willing to, to have all the darkness. But what happens is when the darkness is acknowledged and when they start to, when we start to really see that, then the light comes out. 
then their beauty and their creativity and their care and the, and like they start to get really curious and they start to like be able to you know like then their talents and their gifts come out and then we're in, then we're really in interesting territory mm. and 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 you know for me as we sit here and talk about like wanting to create miracles in the world and needing and needing to do so and this incredible transformation that is possible and this sort of moment in history which is asking us to really shift and do things differently like for me, shift like like learning how to how to how to listen and see and be in those places, and 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 like see each other and hold each other and care about each other at that from that early time, makes a, is like that's huge, and it to me it breaks down the whole fucking paradigm of everything that we're doing, <laughs> like it, like it, that goes against that breaks down all of the systems that we have. And then we get to be together as human beings connected to both self and other and the beautiful world, the natural world. And so that, you know, I don't, you know, so to me, that's, that's the light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's the, that's the thing. And to me, that's, that is a story that is beyond white dude and, you know, black person and gay and whatever it is that's about connection and there's no and 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 the power in that is love and care and honesty and vulnerability and and real life being together and then from there it's not it, it's a whole different um paradigm of privilege because <laughs> it yeah. doesn't matter because it doesn't like like everyone can do that well I, I i don't want to be i want to be careful about that but like you know um that is that is um a resource that is the <clears throat> free <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 beautiful thank you for sharing i, I hesitate to you know add some sort of analytics too. I just want to thank you for your, yeah. your, your passion comes through. Thank you. I yeah. Want that, I want to leave, leave people with that because that's powerful. Thank you. And hopefully nourishing. And I think there's other pieces we can, we can expand upon with this at another time for sure. Yeah. I'm really, I'm curious about it. Cause I, I, it feels, it feels very intriguing to me, you know, like I'm like, I've, I am passionate about it and it feels like there's something um, foundational and, and transformative yeah, in, that, totally. in that space. I believe there is too. And, and ties back in what we were talking about earlier with the, there must be some sort of tension between three-dimensional social systems and the access to this unity consciousness or whatever you want to call it. And I think we're at the intersection of that. Like, how do we get, just like we want people to access, you know, water and money and food and housing, how do we open up the access to this level of consciousness and connection that you're channeling that that is that is free though it has probably some systemic um, binding to it to its access right Mm -hmm. just the same way that you know certain parts of nature are free for people to access but it's hard for some people to get there right because of circumstance and right yeah yes and resource and and all kinds of different all kinds of different pieces so i am i am intrigued about diving into that into that territory. So thank you, Jesse, for thank all you, of your Morgan. thoughtfulness in your heart. And, and, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm noticing myself feeling like there's more here for us to dive into and, um, um, keep unraveling and keep unwinding. Um, cause this is, this is important, important, um, territory. Yes, sir. Until the next time, until the next time. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Yeah. So there we have it. There we have it. Jesse and Morgan, our attempts to be in this beautiful, powerful, 
uncomfortable unraveling. Like if you remember back that bio suggested to be in the discomfort of all of this, sitting there and sharing about the terrain that exists beyond privilege, sitting in that together. Hopefully we are now a little further beyond in that different relationship with and becoming aware of the patriarchal energies that surround us, that are so unconscious, that are ready to be dismantled and explored and understood and moved beyond. So here we go. Here are my takeaways from this episode. Number one, Jesse's reflection about being a light at the end of a dark tunnel. I really appreciate that. I'm so, I have so much, I, I, I'm, it's inhabiting me. I'm inhabiting it. It's just an image that is really sticking with me. How do we be that light? Is it our role to be that light? Number two, finding the place in us, in me, in me, that is capable of disagreeing, of not knowing, of feeling off, of not feeling connected to people or being in an argument or a conflict with someone that is such a hard place for me. But the, 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 the finding the place to be able to be with myself enough, I call it not getting lost but being with myself enough that I can remain and even deepen connection in those places. That feels juicy and important. And there's a whole other podcast about that one. Number three, I am very interested in the terrain where all our conventions break down. And the seen and unseen patriarchal privileged ways of measuring success, status, and well-being become distant memories. Like that feels like a light I want to hold. All right, number four, these conversations are ongoing. There are so many trails. There are trails I wish I had followed while we were recording and in our conversation. When I went back and listened, I was like, oh, I wish I had said that. Oh, I wish I had said that. Oh, and it is so, so tempting for me to go back and edit and change and add. But then I remember beyond is a living entity. It is evolving. It is moving. There will be other times. I trust the way it flows. I trust the way it unfolds. I trust the way we work our way into these tender, important places and rummage around in there. I trust the energy inside of an episode and from episode to episode, from moment to moment, from day to day. So I am learning to trust that. Number five, as I listened back to this podcast, I learned the importance of trusting my body and my in-the-moment experience. There were many moments when I wish we had paused. I wish we had taken some breaths. I wish we had just slowed down and listened to the moment, listened to what was wanting to emerge, trusted, trusted the moment. And so that was a huge and beautiful learning, and we will do Number six, looking, looking at our shame and our guilt of our privilege, if we have that, is, is important. It's really important, and it's something to just notice as we get in there, and that that is a gateway into learning. It's a gateway into our shadow, and it's a gateway into our own agency and relationship with ourself, which then allows us to be in better relationship with, with our privilege and, with, um, and in our power. And so... Jesse so eloquently talked about honoring that he does damage and that and that he's aware of that and he does it consciously and unconsciously and that he is he is working to be in healthy relationship with it not separate from it but really with it number 7 true power we talked a lot about power and we talked about expanding power and we talked about having sovereign power instead of distorted crazy out of control power and what it takes and, and I just love the story of what happens when we see each other, what happens when we're, when we're really connected, the story about ritual and the story about getting into the territory where we take amazing care of each other, where we're present enough and we're calm enough and we're engaged and wanting to be in the moments of life with one another. That's the world that I want to live in. And finally, number eight. This is an important conversation. It feels important. It feels like it matters. It feels uncomfortable. It feels like I have a lot to learn. 
And so we will keep exploring. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your time, for your energy, for your heart, for your care. This has been Beyond Conversations with my friends. We want to know what you think. We want your comments and your thoughts and your reflections. You can email beyond at morganrich.com. Beyond at morganrich.com. And another deep breath and sending you off with just beautiful blessings for your day, for your evening, for this time. Be well, and we'll see you next time in the beyond.